Hi, Jamie. Hi, Raphael. What's going on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's the new year. I'm like very confused. Yeah. Not sure what's going on in the it, world. It's only a date. Huh? The time is continuous. We just constructed these units. That's days true. Days and years. That's true. I mean, but we're so obsessed with time. As a, but there as are a seasons. There's, there's no denying that. Well, here there are. I mean, you just got back from somewhere where the seasons are less abrupt, right? Yeah. Um, you're probably being, you're, you've been shocked back. Is it, oh, actually, it's quite uh, warm here in Toronto today. Well, I, the, it's a little bit warmer in New York now, but the day we got back, we went from 35 to minus 9. So I think it's from like 100 to 10 in Fahrenheit, something like that. Oh my so God. Uh, we were not happy, but <laughs> we, we're more used to it now. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Like It was that cold here or colder. I'm in Toronto, so it's always like just add five degrees more misery um but anyway yeah. <laughs> like you the, got the, the plus side of cold weather is that you can wear a nice coat and then dress up yeah but it's like it's a you know it's just a little bit warmer like just above freezing uh here now and yesterday it was that way and i feel great i'm like this is wait, is it spring <laughs> it's fantastic <laughs> yeah so. did you you grew up with just very cold winters it's just normal yeah, it's normal. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's fine. Like, it's really not that big a deal. It's. I think it's actually part, partly responsible for me um, being an artist in a way because there yeah. were these periods where you know I had to be indoors and there wasn't that much to do, and there was this computer and I would just like you know. Yeah, my friend used this term computer weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, and I I think especially uh, growing up in the Netherlands where. It doesn't rain that much, but there's always this drizzle. Mm-hmm. So it's hardly noticeable, but and the cold wind, so the temperature's not even that low. But it's just really you don't want to be outside. Yeah, and that's computer weather. Yeah, yeah. Because when it's snowing and it's sunny, you want to go out. It feel and it feels good. You know, yeah. I feel I feel zero guilt about it. It's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very yeah. comforting. I always thought I was a summer person growing up, and it's kind of cold, and then three months of the year, it's beautiful, and you're so happy. Mm-hmm. But then I moved to New York and I started to hate summer. Oh, right. Like everyone, I, it's funny because I had a, a French uh, friend of mine, very young, that I like, a, she was my intern this summer visiting me here in Toronto. And she had just been in New York for the first time. And she was like, I, 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 like when she visited Toronto, she loved it. So I was like, I was skeptical. I was like, just wait till you see New York. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a lot better. Yeah. And so, and she's been living in Montreal the last few months. Anyway, I just saw her this weekend and she, I was like, so what'd you think of New York? Wasn't it amazing? She's like, nah, I didn't really like it. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? It was smelly. <laughs> It was, it, it was I mean, busy. summer in New York big, is crazy, but people perceive it so differently. I had f- friends uh, from Sweden were visiting in the summer, and I live in Chinatown. It's very smelly. Right. And they were so excited that there were actual smells, because Sweden, <laughs> there are no smells whatsoever. It's so clean. Like, oh, this yeah. is great. I can use my nose. It's <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, like, dogs love New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe it's sensory yeah. overload. Anyway, but, yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the funny thing about weather... Being in Brazil, it, it's also the culture, but uh, all ambition left me. Like, any drive was completely gone, and I was completely happy. Just right. no, nothing worrying. Normally, you're coming up with ideas, and you're thinking, is this good? Is that good? Is this exciting? Is that exciting? <laughs> is this better? And you're searching all the time. And there, I was just like, oh, what was I worried about? And 
It's so a bit d- like heroin. So did you, yeah, so you reached sort of like a peak uh, uh, laziness, like a peak I don't yeah. care kind of. Yeah, but really at a very base fundamental level where you really do not, uh, I can chill anywhere and, and relax, but there's always in the back of your head, it's like, okay, tomorrow I really have to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, that's really hard for me to do. <laughs> I've talked about that before, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, yeah. usually when I'm on vacation, I think I've said this before, like, Kristen has like an itinerary planned, you know, it'll be like, we have to go do this, and then we have to do that. And I'm yeah. like, are you serious? <laughs> well, this is also, it, it's my family house, and my family was there, so it's uh, the same place every year. So we're not like, oh, we have to go see the this or the that. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and that's I, what, I, yeah. I like vacations when you just stay in one spot. I don't like uh, the idea of like going to Hawaii, but then going to all the islands in one week. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's stressful. Yeah. It's like a little like tour. But I think for people who don't um, travel for work very often, they don't equate they the same way probably. Well, I think it's a mistake. A lot of Americans say, I'm going to Europe, and then they want to do Europe in 10 days and see all the... <laughs> right. They want to see maybe even the pyramids and the Eiffel Tower and uh, <laughs> the pyramids. They're really yeah. going to stretch Europe all the way. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. But I think it's roots. really nice to just go to one city for ten week, ten mm. days. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway. So, uh, but the the fact of the matter is, like, you know, getting out there and being with your family gives you this permission to. To really be I brought human, my sketchbook. Almost. Yeah, I brought the sketchbook, but it was like, ah, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, and I think, but I think you wanted to like. Um, we talked. We talked about maybe exploring like this sort of uh, entropic point at which you know, you know, your desire for work or doing things is there's a tension between that and your desire to do yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I feel like you're in the ideal uh, environment, like the ideal sort of... Well, it, uh, I definitely feel that New York, uh, anywhere, else, we, we talked about small cities and small places and the people feel... I know people who live full-time in, in places like Rio or warm places. And after a while, maybe also because of the internet you get this feeling of FOMO of like I'm not doing enough there's Mm. more interesting things happening elsewhere but this is and there's something about beach cities that they're so relaxed that it's hard um, to do quality craftsmanship like if you work with a manufacturer everything's a lot slower Um, the same thing we talked about about computer weather I think that also works for craftsmanship or manufacturing Hmm. I've, I always, I've always been worried about that argument, obviously, because it's like there's like slightly uh, prejudiced tone to it. And I but I, then I but then I think like logically where am I, you know, if you were comfortable, you're, you know, or it's too hot, it's uncomfortable to work yeah. for manual labor, that it's it's maybe not uh, the place where you want to go and do that. But I guess on the beach specifically, you get sand I, I mean, specifically the beach. I mean, specifically yeah. being uh, uh, if you live within five minutes from the beach and then mm-hmm. to still have, have a drive and we and I think yeah I'm not talking about hot weather I'm really talking about the beach with right night, like Hawaii it's, it's like such beach a chill culture. vibe that you don't yeah. expect them to really geek out and and start doing something that requires a lot of sacrifice but 
yeah, I don't want to sound uh, prejudiced, but <laughs> I'm just realizing it myself when I go to a beach place. But yeah. maybe if I'm there full time, then it would be different. But what about like, I mean, surfer culture, it, you know, I'm always, I'm always amused because I used to be part of kind of windsurfing culture. And it's like, it has this, you have this belief that it's like, ah, oh, these chill dudes, but they work for hours building yeah, custom boards and like, and like, and then they're out like basically it's in also, like it's the most also difficult true. environment for yeah. hours. And it's a very aggressive sport. It's not you're not just chill. You're fighting and <laughs> fighting like, the waves. Like you yeah, but you're, if, if you're too chill, nothing happens. So you really mm-hmm. have to you have to ride the wave. But also yeah, but it, it's also true that you can get the same results and be chill all the time and be stressed all the time. Mm. So right. maybe the surfer who is just listening to reggae music and making his surfboard. It's very productive, and somebody yeah. else in New York is like, "That's true." Walking we can talk through about the snow before. and just going like, "Ah, oh, I have yeah, to work right. so hard." You could be very busy and very happy, which, frankly, I was taught growing up to to sort of channel that um, by my parents, right? Like, choose whatever makes you really happy, and then pe- you know, find about, think about money after. And I was in, I was privileged enough to to you know, it was a tremendous privilege to have a family that's supportive like that. Yeah, I always um, thought that asking your kids to be happy is asking so much. <laughs> I was that's a really. I wasn't that. If depressed. you ask your kids like, "Hey, I want you to be productive, and I want you to make enough money so you're not broke, and uh, whatever your state of mind is, I don't care, just survive." Well, That's an easier question. I was really, I was terrified as a child, I should say, that of being poor and potentially out on the streets and homeless. I don't know how I got into my head, but so I was like convinced that I, you know, like I've I was also, the, I've always been very scared of poverty. Yeah, I don't know yeah. where it, how it got into my head. I think it's because we were on the verge of bankruptcy. My parents were small business owners when I was growing up. And and so this idea that the bank could come and take everything away was like, that was my boogeyman. Oh, no, they're going to pull our line of credit. <laughs> For me, it's the, ta- the taxes. Like, if you run your own business and the taxes are kind of vague, and then you're mm-hmm. going to come over and put a gun to my head and say, you did everything wrong, you're going to jail. That still, yeah, that's, well, maybe that's the Europe, more the Dutch European, <laughs> it's like the fear yeah. of like administrative uh, mistakes. In the, in the Netherlands, if you're a, a one-person business or a, what do you call it, self-employed, you have to register all your hours, you have to mark them, to, to, you have to have an agenda and you have to prove that you work more than 40 hours a week or whatever. Um, and nobody does it, but it's something that they could be like, well, you never wrote down your hours, so. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see, like, they call, like, we're coming to check your hours, and you're like, oh, God, and you open up a notebook, and you just, yeah. <laughs> like, furiously write. Yeah. <laughs> Show us your papers. <laughs> yeah. So the, um, the, the, the two topics for the podcast, I've always wanted to do a podcast about the weather, which we kind of started, or... We could talk about convenience and and where that's going to go. Well, I'm always sneakily like taking our conversation toward a direction that I think we already narrowed in on, which was um, the convenience thing really makes sense to me in relationship with the weather and all that stuff. Because like I said, reaching this sort of like natural, so-called natural state, whether such a thing even exists. But but, uh, um, maybe we can paraphrase, is is that the word, that there was CES and everybody was talking about Alexa and voice computing (laughs) and so I'm I'm curious um, Amazon is really the king of convenience really making everything making it so easy you don't even 
it, they can predict what you want to buy and you just hit a physical button in right. your room and or yeah, you just go Alexa I want cookies yeah they have those little buttons you can put on like your yeah. washing machine and it automatically orders something or yeah. um, with Alexa but, but yeah, maybe maybe if we look back like the last 10 years what happened it was a big jump in convenience um, yeah. has it felt that way because it feels like I'm more stressed but <laughs> I, or I have more things I have to do maybe because you're older but, but like if yeah. you had to go back 10 years and they're like oh you have to call a cab go look at the yellow pages and find a phone number and right, call yeah, them yeah. of course so people say like you know the, yeah you could either call it convenience or productivity right so on one side convenience is like the side that uh, con- technology is making life easier <laughs> yeah and then on my side productivity it's like Technology is allowing you to do more things yeah. more quickly, and so the the irony of efficiency is that um, someone finds a trick to do something faster, so mm-hmm. it saves you time because no one else has that trick. Um, but then everybody starts using that trick, and if you're not using the trick, you're behind. So things just speed up. It's yeah, not that exactly. there was more time. Yeah, we live in an age of, uh, as Thomas Friedman says, like. Um, it's like an ex- the age of acceleration. There's this new book out that okay. uh, I was taking a look at. But, you know, so that's how some people are starting to talk about this age. And I'm always wondering if that's hype or not, right? Does, so does it so like we're being sold that life will be easier, but we're just a hamster in the wheel? Yeah, yeah, I guess that more like the idea is, look, there's 40 productive hours, according to like, you know, the economic, you know, rulers Mm-hmm. And they want to see those 40 hours produce more output every year from every citizen, right? That's a measure of productivity that every nation has. Yeah. Um, and if that number ever were to drop, it would be, you would, it's splashed all over the newspaper headlines. It's a major issue. For instance, yeah. you know, like your little Brazilian vacation, that little transgression, <laughs> that doesn't look good on the ledger. Yeah. <laughs> So how do we squeeze? How do we squeeze more time out of people? It's like a it's a very difficult problem without, you know, more more productivity and time. You're right; is absolutely an illusion. So it's not really time; it's labor, right? Or the production but of then, what labor produces. That's the macroeconomic side, and then there's the yeah. more personal side of convenience. Where uh, do you know the comedian Gary Goldman? Yeah, 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 and he talks about the dreadful days when he had to put DVDs in a tray and, and how painful it was. <laughs> and he would have to get up from his couch and walk all the way to the mailbox and it wouldn't be there and the Netflix disc. and the, Or he talks about his most lazy moment where he has the DVD to a certain movie but he's so comfortable in his couch that he just buys it on iTunes because he doesn't want to take it out of the plastic yeah, and put yeah. it in the... <laughs> So that's the other side where entertainment and takeout food and taxis and transport. Uh, how far can that go? Like where, where you you just have this liquid outfit that can morph into any outfit you want. You never have to change or wash clothes. Oh, that's a big jump there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right to uh, liquid outfit. Yeah. Like how far can you go in terms of convenience? And then right. the question is, if you get all this convenience, all entertainment, food, clothing, uh, transportation is seamless you, you just tell the computer will we have to work in that extra time are we supposed mm-hmm. to can we done then have a 60-hour work week because we don't have chores anymore right well I actually Karl Marx believed that you know even you know he was an enemy of, of capitalism 
uh, or is antagonist, an antagonist. He he really still believed that technology would eventually lead to some sort of utopia. But for for the one percent that survived the you know, <laughs> class the class wars, yeah. So like it, you know, there'd be a very select few people that would like live in this nirvana. But they already. Uh, if, I mean, if you're in the part of the. The, yeah, the aristocracy you're, you're, already had all the, they didn't have chores so no but they, yeah, yeah I think you're right though that already exists <laughs> for but for just one percent of people or point they're not at the, and see and I think that the, see this is the illusion of like your position right so like yes if you're at the bottom um, there every like new uh, sort of breakthrough is gonna make it feel like yeah you can be lazy or you can do less but actually it's it's more likely that it's gonna allow you to do more work harder I was just reading, um, you know, like, the, for instance, like the digital economy or the sharing economy, right? Um, digital workers. That This was like a big idea a few years ago and still is, right? Um, the idea that you could work from home with just an internet connection, right? Yeah. It's revolutionary. You could quit your job. Get out of the no, cubicle. Well, then you, you save no on hours. commute. So that's like three hours a day that you can fulfill your destiny. Well, yeah, well, it turns out people are doing this, but they're working for less money and more hours. So on average, like 17 hours a day or something like that <laughs> to make a living but, wage. But uh, how is like, it for you personally? Like if you look back 10 years ago, uh, what things are more convenient for you now? Uh, the things that are more most convenient for me now seem to be just consuming media. Like a glut, I'm a glutton and for, for media. Yeah. So like... You know, I have the per, you know the and permission. Books music and movies and TV. Yeah, exactly. I'm currently reading like five books, which I never would have done. <laughs> like, and right. I have you know, it's like I have them on my digital device with me all the time. So I'll read a little bit of one, then another one, and I used to actually have to make a compromise when I traveled because I couldn't fit them in my bags. Yeah, I had the you same know, so with CDs. Like, Choose I, one back book. in the day. I could only bring twenty CDs in my sleeve, and then which twenty right. are going in my discman? <laughs> yeah, there's that. There was that. Yeah, there was that tension. Uh, Gary Goldman has choose. a great bit about the the discman and and the mega bass setting. Oh, we have face, but we also have mega bass. <laughs> Never mind that your headphones would be like absolute crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so any, you know, there is this idea in product design, um, like they talk about this exact factor, right? So that there is, um, there are these progress making forces out there in the world. So everyone yeah. wants to make progress. So when you were saying you wanted a liquid suit, you know, I actually heard something there that could be like the, an idea for a product where you don't have to wash your clothes, right? Yeah. But clearly that aggravates you enough that that was the first thing that came to mind. So yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. a late Well, a when, I, when I think about convenience, there's a few key areas. And I, I think because there's a little bit of a plateau in, in uh, processor design so people are like well are we going to have that much innovation mm -hmm. but I think there's so much to be done in energy so if there's a breakthrough what I want if, if there was any technology I want that back to the future engine and you put the banana peel in it and you drive <laughs> that's it, turning trash into energy that is the most beautiful thing to me I think that exists. I feel like I saw like a, a video or like a news item on that, and it's like no one got excited. I feel like I, if we I would saw love, the thing, love to charge my laptop with the banana with garbage. Peels. Yeah, that would be. But awesome. it would. I mean, it, here's the thing: doing it in a compact manner has to be at least as big as a banana peel, and then that's no, already maybe, bigger than anything you carry with you. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, this. No, this but banana maybe my, battery, my home, my so home battery is is charged by uh, food oh, food leftovers. That would be, I mean, that's a great idea. Let's yeah. market that. 
Yeah. So anyway, you you do have the, there are these progress making forces, but then I wanted to say there's also these like what are called hindering forces or progress hindering forces, and basically there are two things to keep in mind. You know, in terms of you, like if you're going to make a choice, because there are a bunch of things you could do today to be have a better life that you choose not to for some reason, because you, well, usually because of some kind of anxiety. So like the two forces are anxiety of a new solution. So like, if I do this thing, will I actually save time? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is like the allegiance to your current behavior. We've all yeah, like sort yeah. of, we've all been in that position where like, well, I think it's good enough. It's, it works well for me, right? Like, yeah. and usually it's actually, you're t- it's a friend. But can you give an something. example for you where you, you're stuck to an old routine, but you could improve it? Um, yeah, like, Yeah, one example might be, like a typical example, I'm trying to think of one that would be funny. Like a typical example is like people who drive versus take the subway or something like that or or ride their bike, right? Mm -hmm. Be like, you could never get the car out of that, you know, no matter how miserable their commute was, they'd be like, ride a bike, what are you, crazy? Right, but, and those that are riding bikes are like, why would you ever drive a car? It's so stressful, it's so wonderful to ride a bike. So, I mean, that's a that's a boring example. I'm just trying to think of something in my life where... Well, I like boring examples. So try to find the most boring example. Uh, here's, a really, here's a really boring domestic example that's embarrassing for me. So I'm getting a little bit older. And Kristen has started... My partner has started to, like, notice that I have, like... <laughs> so why am I telling you? I don't know why I'm telling you. That I have, like... <laughs> I have like nose hairs sometimes like oh, yeah. you know like it's an embarrassing thing right and it should be something that I want to fix right away right and so she's like well why don't you get a nose hair clipper or something like that? yeah I have a nose hair clipper that's there's no shame there well there you go though but I've actually been on like an Amazon page like several times and I'm you like you have to no, get I'm, the Philips one is, do I, I tried a few different ones the Philips one yeah <laughs> Okay. Well, the tension, though, or the anxiety I have is this, is this admitting that, the, what's the next thing I'm going to do? Start well, I'll tell you about hair, nose hair like, clippers. The first thing that was scary is that I would worry that someone had told me that if you pull a nose hair out the wrong way, you can get an infection and it will infect your brain and you die. I read this. I read yeah. this as well. Which I had is all probably this anxiety. Bullshit. So I had this anxiety that if you get a shitty nose hair clipper, it'll get caught and you're like in a in a naked gun movie where you're pulling your brain out of your nose and <laughs> total recall but i'm very happy with the one i have and uh, yeah right. it's it's you're not you're not five years old anymore yeah. see but that's the thing i yeah so i have to admit a that i'm almost 40 years old and b that the progress i want to make is have like a nose without nose hairs it's quite embarrassing do you, do you think that uh, uh, yoga is would be the best exercise for someone who's on the computer too much Yoga, best. Well, it's been recommended to me more than any other activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always think, like, so wow. So when you talk about improving your life, yeah. knowing that you'll have back pain when you're 60 and that mm. you could shave 20% off of the back pain, then that would be an See, efficient investment. I don't respond well to that kind of shaming, to be honest with you. Like, you know, someone walks in and they say, I'm on a cleanse or something like that. I usually confront them and say, like, oh, your privilege allows you not to eat. That's fantastic. You know, there are people <laughs> starving all over the world. Uh, and the same thing goes for yoga. It's like, if that works for you, great. Like, but I don't, you know, most people don't have a half an hour in the day to do absolutely nothing. They're kind of, uh, they're not, they're not, they're without that option. Yeah. Um, so it's like, those are all like recreational activities. The result of, I think, lives where we do have quite a lot of plenty that we take for granted. 
But are there any things in your, are, is there any anxiety that's preventing you from like, you know, choosing to make, I feel like you're always like this, like you like old technology. We talk about this all the time, right? You're always like, I just wish my computer was 8-bit. <laughs> well, I'm thinking. no, I, I don't know. But when it comes to convenience, I would love it if transportation got better. But uh, Well, how much better is it going to get? You're going to get like, you want well, teleportation? Yeah, that would be great. But um, <clears throat> in the meantime, if flights could be twice as fast, that would be great. There is a, they're working on this supersonic uh, passenger. Yeah, yeah, I want that. So um, if... if uh, Trains could be more frequent and seamless, and it's like maybe there was an idea once for. Do you know those walkways in airports that you get on and then? Uh, yeah. It's it's like an escalator, but it's flat. Moving sidewalk, yeah. Yeah, but somebody thought of them and then incrementally having them next to each other faster and faster, so you can just step on them and walk through the city that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are you going <laughs> in that situation? How do you get well, off of it? Well, instead of the subway, because the subway, oh, sometimes you're I waiting see. for 15 minutes, uh, and you're yeah. not sure if it's coming. And uh, That reminds me when I was in Syracuse, there was a plan to build a chairlift subway system. And at first, everyone laughed at it. It was because this guy, he was behind on his taxes, and he made chairlifts. He had a chairlift company. And then I realized, you know, the problem with the subway is the time between subways. Yeah. But a chairlift doesn't have that problem, right? Mm-hmm. It's like next chair is right there. You're yeah, always it's, ready it's for like it. uh, when you go skiing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's where, where you're used to it. But imagine that our public infrastructure was all just chairlifts. And it's totally relaxing. I just would also love it. The city. I would also love it if most cities were bicycle only. That that would be mm-hmm. good. They're starting to talk about that, and obviously some cities are kind of already like that. Because like I'm I'm scared to ride a bike in New York, coming from the Netherlands where you always have a dedicated bike lane, and here it's kind of Sometimes you're on the left side of the road, sometimes you're on the right side, then you have to switch four lanes all of a sudden. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, here's what I don't understand about New York in that regard is like, it seems like there's really smart people in government in New York and that they could just do that. You know, it's like, why well, you they can't, done that yet? I think economically to say no more cars, uh, how, how do you get all the goods to the stores and... Um, you know how they do it. They do. You get those little bikes with a little a pannier. No, but the scale, the scale <laughs> here. Uh, uh, no, I don't think that's. But you could say only professional traffic or something like that. But uh. I mean, the truth is, you could do it with aut- like autonomous. Uh, once there's autonomous self-driving cars, you could have self-driving like parcel kind of delivery bots or something like that. We're a little bit off topic. Well, <laughs> yeah. Back to convenience. For example, you, yeah. you're creating a product with FreshBooks that makes accounting easier. Yeah, trying to make it more convenient. Because it's something that no one wants to exist. So, like, yeah. the progress they want to make is, like, this shouldn't exist. But does it mean that uh, where um, a self-employed designer or programmer used to spend 20% of their time on administrative tasks and now only 10%? Yeah, it's kind of silly because we, we actually calculate the number of hours. I think other companies do this, that, you know, you save by using just yeah. a piece of software. But you could really apply that to almost any software, right? And, and usually in product companies, what we talk about is when we go out into the world and we do research, we look for things people are doing manually. And then we think, how could we automate that? That's literally, that's, that's our job entirely mm-hmm. is to go out into the world, look at things people are using their body and, you know, to do it, move through space to pick something up. Ooh, we could, we could build something that picks that up what, for you. That's the general attitude of, I think, the last decade is like, yeah, that's exactly summarizing what any startup is about. It's like, mm-hmm. oh. 
someone is moving their hand, how can we make turn it into software? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And does it? You know, I mean, are you are you aware that right now? Um, in I mean, I always look at video game kind of computer design and device design to see where we're heading in terms of laziness, because these are people that spend eighteen hours a day and they don't even want to get up to mm -mm. go to the fridge or whatever. Yeah. But in interface design for a lot of gaming laptops now, they have eye tracking and then built in the game so that you don't uh, have so you can look around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> using and so your eyes become a control schema I don't think we're actually that far off from that then being like if I could move windows around my screen but, with my but, for eyes. Example, but with fresh books uh, does it save people time is there a metric yeah it's like a few hundred hours a year yeah um, like a couple hours a week kind of thing yeah and, but, then, and it's because most people do it in this really crazy I mean most people use Excel to do not just their accounting but like Talk to your average person and ask them, do you use Excel? The person that you least expect uses Excel. Or like, you know, and when I say Excel, it could be Google Spreadsheets or whatever. They'll tell you, of course, I use it to do this or I use it to do that. Yeah. And you're like, Why? I use it to archive my book collection. Yeah, and they and they'll probably even know how to like design like macros or to do weird equations in it. Like they'll surprise you in these crazy ways. I think I think spreadsheets is one of the most beautiful <laughs> Feeds to me, a spreadsheet is just as beautiful as the Eiffel Tower. It's just this you, this pure engineering. Yeah. It's beautiful. You could argue that um, you could argue that it's a form of writing software for a lot of people. Yeah. It's like the easiest entry into writing. Well, software. there's something exciting about connecting a few variables and then letting it run. Yeah, yeah, that's what computer what? programmers are excited about as yeah. well. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Um, but yeah. maybe. Um, if we talk about convenience, do you imagine a time where you really, uh, you still love cooking and you you don't mind mm -hmm. washing dishes, or would you like this sort of magic house where everything is automatic and... and yeah, I mean, I don't like unloading the dishwasher, so I have a dishwasher, so the dishes do clean themselves, theoretically speaking. Mm -hmm. My parents have a system where it's like they have two drawers, the dishwasher has a clean drawer and a dirty drawer, so they never have to take the dishes out. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, so they're like, they're, and there are solutions to these problems. That's the thing. Question I always have is like, sometimes like the existing behavior is so predominant that we refuse to think that there could be another way. This is one of the things that kind of interests me. Is like sometimes we just, you know, like the dishwasher example. Like we'll be like, yeah, the dishwasher's fine. It's perfected, you know. And it, actually, the design of dishwashers. I, I had to fix mine recently is the same as it was more than 20 years ago. I they haven't think changed it at all. Are, I think dishwashers are very problematic. Dishes Why? don't really dry. Mm -hmm. They come out and then you, you have a mug upside down, but the bottom of the mug is hollow, so it has this uh, right. little puddle of water. And they have to I kind really of shake, shake the, <laughs> the thing and wait for it. It so smells hard. bad. Uh, and also, I don't like the idea that you have to put stuff in there and then you can't use it that day. So, uh, mm -hmm. if you have a certain pan that you need for another dish, you'd made lunch, mm -hmm. but you also, they have to wash it anyway. And, uh, mm, I see what you're saying. We well, have we I have a little dishwasher here, but we use it to put recycling. Really? It's our storage for recycling, and then <laughs> take it down. Funny. So we we just hand wash. It's it's faster. Okay. Well, my I mean, I my pans have this weird uh, habit of. Washing the dishes almost completely before they put it in the dishwasher. 
Mm-hmm. So they, they almost completely wash it. All the dishes are kind of clean when they go in the yeah. dishwasher. That's the old thing. Like, I thought the dishwasher did the dishes. Yeah. yeah. That's the reason I repaired mine, because it wasn't doing a good job. So I had to, like, get in there and take it apart. But it's just a very, it's a very simple device. It's a sprinkler system mm-hmm. for your dishes. Um, the, I guess the improvements know, are more in, in energy and water savings. Well, because you mentioned CES, like they're always trying to come out with new innovation on top of stuff that's already kind of done. Yeah. And like, you know, they'll put a screen inside of a fridge or, you know, they had a laundry machine this year. It was like. Yeah. And Samsung had the laundry machines that explode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) a joke. No, Samsung actually had a laundry machine. I think it was like they had little mini laundry machines on top of the big laundry machines to solve the problem you just talked about of I want to wash just one pan, but I also need to keep the other thing full. (laughs) Anyway, Every time you, re- you, the little problems you just described in terms of like the mug with the water, the, uh, people are salivating at that. They're like, I, I can't wait to release something for Raphael so yeah. that he doesn't have to deal with that. Yeah. Um, but I think most people, yeah, the, the convenience in the home has reached uh, some sort of an apex where most of the time you're on the couch and you don't really need to move at all anymore. The only time you need to move is to maybe feed maybe yourself. Maybe the, the next level is where you don't have to use words anymore, where you just go, <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's we're going to end up you and I both in that position at some point oh. before we die. <laughs> we have to what was that, Mister Bailey? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I am actually trying to help someone right now. Um, my father-in-law works as a volunteer in the in the mili- American sort of military system, but in the hospital system for veterans. And there's like, you know, poor guy who's like lost a lot of his motor function. And we're trying to design a keyboard that he where he puts his finger over the key and it tells you the letter of the key before you press it. Right. Because he just he doesn't want to press the wrong key because, you know, in that situation, when you're in a, you're a person with disabilities or motor disabilities, especially if you have to now reach over to the delete key. Yeah. It's like you just double. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's funny. It's tremendous. When, when there's updates and uh, they made it easier to make an Instagram post, they removed one or two steps or whatever. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, why is this important? But for someone with a disability, it could be a huge difference. Yeah, no, it was huge. It was eye-opening for me, right? Because like this thing would take, you know, you take for granted. And so then, maybe the course, cutting edge of, of convenience should come from there. I think so. I think that's where we actually, in general, design should be really focused on helping those that have, you know, the most difficulty. In the it's world. like mobile first, and then you you figure out, oh, what works on mobile actually also works on the desktop, and you you, you have the most restricted uh, problem, and that solves the bigger problem also, or the less restricted. Yeah. Problem. Yeah, they call that like, you know, start with the edge case kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, so you you have that and you also have people obviously with visual impairments. Have you ever turned a screen reader on? Like, you know, software that mm-hmm. for people with vision impairments, right? Yeah. Where it like reads the screen to you and you're just like, oh my God, how to, <laughs> so, like quite often it's just a total mess. And then you're thinking like, couldn't they make these voices more pleasant to listen to? And you know, it's just like, this is miserable. You know, if only everyone had, and actually that's a, you know, maybe voice interfaces are, that's a reason we should pursue them, right? Everyone's talking about how, oh, well it's so embarrassing and socially awkward for me to talk to Siri in public. <laughs> Meanwhile, this could be like revolutionary. Same thing with self-driving cars. I know my my uh, mother-in-law she's based, she's legally blind so she can't drive. And so for her to get to work, you know, so she she took a ride in a self-driving car and it was kind of revolutionary yeah. for her, right? You know. But what about so. it, it, does she use Uber? 
Uh, no, she actually just memorized her route to work and walks okay. there. I mean, not she didn't really have to memorize it. She can see light and well, yeah. So she she just knows her route so well that uh, that she just walks. Mm. But uh, she's lucky to be you know within walking distance of her place of work. But the number of people with uh, disabilities that don't have that option uh, is tremendous, right? Or those that need to work from home or could work from home and. And then there are the devices that we just talked about. Anyway, just want to make sure that we, we cover that but off may, as part of maybe, like this topic. Maybe the interesting topic of convenience is that if you want, life could already be almost no chores. Um, yeah. Because there were so many improvements in efficiency. But what happens is because we have the improvements in efficiency, we start to want more other things. Mm-hmm. But if you would be happy with what people were happy with in terms of available things, a hundred years ago, then by now you would have a very easy life. If you were already happy eating potatoes mm-hmm. every day. I just think that we always romanticize uh, the happiness of the past. No, 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 so the, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying yeah. those, they were happier or anything. But what I'm saying is as soon as a new computer comes out, the old one is slow, but the old mm-hmm. one was actually pretty fast. Or yeah. as soon as, yeah, like, uh, well, computers aren't getting faster. No, no, but for example, for when day. we're going to move to 8K resolution, I saw all the displays, mm-hmm. and I felt really bad for the video editors. They're going to have to get even bigger <laughs> NAS drives and whatever. But yeah. if yeah. you're like, I'm fine with the uh, old TV's resolution, and I can edit that on my phone, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I mean. I'm not saying people were happier in, in the days of, of PAL resolution, but I'm saying if you are happy with what was exciting to them then yeah i mean what really i because i my background's in video and when i was young i wanted to be like in television but then i ended up in video art and it's just as an example i was all i was at every trade show right and i can remember when it was like uh i had my the first computer that had rca plugs right Mm -hmm. like the yellow red and white and that was like I edited my high school video on the computer and it like everyone in the school was like, what, this is incredible. What are these like filters applied to the video? And it was like, How did you do that? There's transitions. What are you, some kind of professional we, we, TV we had a, producer? We had one of the first digital uh, editing suites in uh, art school and but the, the, the board or the head teachers had all the filters removed. They didn't want students to use filters because editing has to be pure. Right, right, right. Actually, I I would say the same thing when I was uh, in school. I mean, that's eventually if you, t- if you it's because it's because of the theory you read. I mean, you just become very principled. We talked about this before, right? Like the academia turns you into this incredibly principled individual. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of important because then as you go out into the world, you realize that, yeah, you can start to break those principles, but then you have to build new ones. Um, anyway, regardless, yeah, video is at the point, you know, now where I would look back on that era and I think, oh my God, like I sat there for two hours waiting for a transition to render. What was I thinking? Um, but of course, like, uh, two or three decades before that, there were analog synthesizers that could do all of those things immediately. And, um, I I don't know, actually one great story that I always tell uh, is in regards to video versus film. I think that's a more interesting story in the history of convenience. And same thing with photography today versus photography in the past. The idea of waiting to see the result of something, Mm -hmm. right? So like with film, you used to shoot on film and then you'd send your film canister off to a processing lab. There was a whole thing back then of... uh, did the photo work because most people would shoot and it was like one out of ten would be in focus 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you had no idea what would come back. And, if, you know, the romantic will say, well, those happy accidents, like those double yeah. exposures, that was art or whatever. Leica makes a camera uh, without a, any screen on it, a digital camera, and then you, you have to go home and put the SD card in your computer. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think actually we're getting to that, it, we're kind of getting to that point, um, you know, and, and maybe this is one of the good points we can make today, which is we're getting to that point where the productivity has reached in some areas like photography, as an example, or video, an apex of like perfection, right? There's not much more that can happen there. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to eke out like microns. You know, same thing in, in silicon, right? We've reached a physical limit of processor I, speed, right? I think that's true for SLR photography, but not for mobile. But what we do when we get to those points, right? When we get to that, those high points, is we start to like see what we can take away. Yeah. I'm sure you're as like uh, kind of a self-professed minimalist in a way. You know, you the one good design. Dieter Rams would say is like, you know, what can you take away and yeah, still, yeah, yeah. you know, have the essential yeah. form there, right? So we're at this point now where we've got we live in a let's call us maximalists. <laughs> we're all living the maximalist life. And we've talked about this several times on the podcast, right? It's like, okay, so what are the things we can take away and then like make better? So well, I think that's, that's what, what I mean with convenience. It's like, uh, oh, I figured out how to do all the groceries uh, automatically. I figured out how to do all the dishes. Let's have 10 kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Now we're ready for them. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. It's funny how we have fewer children and more productivity because children used to be you'd have children to help out on the farm mm -hmm. or in the family business right yeah, it's so free they would, labor they're an they're an economic unit for the family yeah and now we're like oh, i don't really have time for kids <laughs> and so, <laughs> so crazy. Uh, is there anything realistically that is on the horizon in the next two years that will make your life easier i i you know i think for most of the world including myself the things that would make my life easier are what you we started this conversation talking about would be more time for reflection, right? More time in Brazil, not doing things, right? But th that was um, the weird thing. There was this. Uh, so I I started minimizing stuff, and I never called myself a minimalist because there's an art movement mm -hmm. called minimalism, which has nothing to do with. That's why yeah. I, I, I know I joked. But there about was that. this really cheesy documentary on uh, Netflix about on minimalist Netflix. lifestyle, yeah. and they kept saying. If you have less stuff, you have more time for things with meaning. But nobody explained to you yeah. what meaning is and what, what things yeah, are meaningful. Yeah. So, yeah, we have to do yeah, more meaningful yeah, yeah. things. And then, can you explain why um, shopping is less meaningful than having a conversation? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, I actually, I watched the same thing and I, and I thought of... Wow, you that was corny. Like, it was so corny. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's really it's really part of this. It's a I don't know. I think people are confused. I mean, the, the crazy thing to me was that there's these two guys who both had a corporate job, and they're like, "I'm sick of this corporate job. I'm gonna get rid of all my stuff and have a meaningful life." And then they just start a blog that's super commercial and is all about branding, uh, and it's just the same. Well, I think it's just the same I, thing. No, but it's not though, because I think that they made a choice or they had intent. I think as artists, yeah, but we they live do a lives book tour. Uh, selling right. a book everywhere so they were still sales guys they were sales guys for a big corporation and now they're sales guys for their <laughs> own corporation so. but it, they did it on their own right? yeah. I think like as artists we are um, spoiled for our own intent in the world right we go out into the world and we express our intent I think this right yeah, most but, people don't but get I to think, express their I think opinion. regardless of 
whether you think that's interesting. There's tons of artists who... Mike Kelly killed himself. So he had a whole life of doing exactly what he wanted. Mm. That doesn't mean that that meaning and purpose... He had a very clear drive. He's like, I, I'm an yeah. artist. I have to push this. There's a demand for it. People love my work. I have and still, it's like, ah, oh, I don't think life is that great. Bye-bye. But you always hear that, like pop stars that kill themselves and stuff. Yeah. Actually, so the, this, like idea, the the, this idea of meaningful, of, of like reducing annoyances and hacking life so you can get to the meaningful... I, I don't think anyone has an answer what the meaningful is. Mm. Well, you taught me the lesson that I shouldn't um, I shouldn't look for ex- like external reward. Like, who cares if we have fans of this podcast? Yeah. Is your original point, right? Yeah. That's not what should make us happy about. Well, it's it. not but in your control, rela- so it's going to frustrate you. Yeah, but my relationship with you over the time that we've been speaking, just get cheesy for a moment. I feel much closer to you, and like I understand you better because we've talked through. I've probably talked to you more than I've talked to Kristen (laughs) 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 about really important things. And, and even so, you know, so you've really become one of my best friends in that way. And we kind of, we're thinking, I'm, we, the whole point of this podcast is for us to think out loud and work through the things that we're, we're living and, you know, living through this with you has been really enriching. So maybe the, the, the goal of convenience is you don't have to call it meaningful, but doing what you want to do. Yeah, well, not only doing what you want to do, but sharing that thing with someone someone else. And because, you know, the lived experience, as we've talked about many times uh, together, is like, it's a beautiful thing that we are often distracted, too distracted to pay attention to, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and the beauty in it is in its double entendre and its complexity, I think, you know, it's the front and the back of the hand at the same time. It's so hard to see both, right? So, Well, there's also the thing where when you talk about meaningful... Um, I think Seinfeld said something about uh, uh, success really relies on what level of torture you're comfortable with. Because he mm-hmm. says any kind of success is based on you wanting something more than others. So if you're a bodybuilder, you can't have ice cream. And of course ice cream tastes good. So what level of torture are you comfortable with? If you want to be a good writer, it's not fun to sit behind the typewriter eight hours a day. You'd rather mm-hmm. hang out with people and have a donut. But no, right. I have to be in this room alone. So this idea of the meaningful life, uh, right. it, 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 it looks cool on Instagram, but it's really not that fun. Mm. But it's a different, like we talked about earlier, it's, it's like a di- different kind of joy. You're, compa- you're compelled to do it. And the res- there's something in it that is both torture and yeah. reward. Yeah, For, but, it's so maybe, maybe, but maybe uh, convenience um, really works when you have a clear mission. So then you're like, whatever is not the mission has to be eliminated. And then, hmm, so- It's funny you say that. Yeah. yeah, if the mission is, I wanna be at the beach as much as possible, that means I'm not gonna go do that. I'm not gonna, no, I'm going straight for the beach. And don't bother me. I'm gonna get rid of my phone. I'm gonna get rid of my computer because I just- Yeah, focus. Yeah. Um, and maybe if, you're, if your goal or your mission is to hang out and eat potato chips, then doing your taxes in the in the way of that <laughs> i hope there's no one that's just hanging out and eating potato chips but i get it no i i think that you're describing something that they always tell you in like leadership training which i've done <laughs> but, but but people when they have a purpose or a mission um it's very motivating right and they're very happy if they're focused mm-hmm. you know the, the most demotivating thing just because i manage people is when you take something away that they've worked on and tell them that it's waste, that it's the wrong oh, thing yeah. and they should have been doing this other thing. So, you know, so if someone's doing something and then it gets canceled, that is like <laughs> bar none, the most soul destroying thing you can do to another human being. 
and 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 you can you'll look into their eyes and every single time you'll just see a piece of their soul die crushed. in front of you yeah. crushed right and so you know th- that's why it's so important to make sure when you're starting anything i guess this is true of our lives as well that you sort of set a goal like you know that everyone agrees this is what we should be doing together and I think at times when we've felt like disillusioned, probably you and I, or as a society, even is like when we don't know where we're going, right? It's like, should we be more well, convenient? That's the, the, I don't know. That, that was a topic I also wanted to talk about related to convenience. That um, a lot of convenient things came out, and they all come with mm-hmm. a guilt because they are always at the cost of something else. So if you can order any product online, that means that uh, physical retail will lower and that jobs are lost. Or Mm -hmm. if you can call an Uber and it's faster than public transportation, that's okay. But, of course, uh, the carbon offset is very different than if everybody's on the same train. And so it seems that convenience is uh, the opposite of ecological and responsible. I think it's just that, that, you know, very complicated systems are hard to find, like, single solutions to, right? Like... Because it's like the you know you change one thing and the ecology of the whole situation changes mm-hmm. again and then we have to adapt and so these dis- so-called disruptive forces and it's funny that we're only that now at the point in the conversation where we talk about disruption but like the, all of these new convenient products exist on this premise that they're going to disrupt yeah. the existing solution. Well, like right? the, the mobile and phone disrupted the point-and-shoot camera industry. And, the, yeah, it's, and it's, it's, there's no. But what is that? It's funny that that's the word disruption. It's literally like if I was in bed and you were going to disrupt me, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pretty upset about it. I don't know how this word got, became such a positive yeah. word, but it's like let's upset everyone. <laughs> that's what it should be called. Let's, let's mess get with out them. there and <laughs> mess with them. Yeah, it's like bullying. It's like oh, giant. we picked a new kid. He's even smaller. We can really push him around. And the, I think the general rule of disruption is like is supposed to be dub, twice as whatever, twice as convenient, whatever the value for half the yeah. price. So they always do like twice saves you twice as much time for half the price. Well, I hope That's solar the, the, solar the does that at some point. That, that'd be great. <laughs> who who do you hope does solar that? solar energy? Oh, solar or energy, just renewable energy. It just that seems solar is now cheaper than any other energy on the planet. It just crossed the threshold. It's now the yeah. cheapest energy per kilowatt hour. Yeah, it's crazy, so, right? Go out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually a fun way for us to kind of start to close on this. But, you know, I, I always imagined I'd make a movie and the credits would be like, uh, it would go all the way. It would like you have your regular credits, but then it would start to name like hist- historic figures. And then eventually like, you know, like that had contributed to the technology mm-hmm. that allowed me to do the thing. But the last person on the credits wouldn't be a person at all it'd just be like sun yeah <laughs> be like the powered sun, by the sun right like this uh, <laughs> 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 thank you sun yeah. like just before that would have been earth but sun like trump's yeah. earth uh, so thank like you, oxygen. But the sun really is it's the most passive yeah there's force always in the this world. cheesy question what's the most important thing in life and yeah it's the sun and oxygen <laughs> and sun. water that without those not much would happen well, we could survive with te- technologically without oxygen but, and water. I said, no, not water. We need water. I just, we'd have to fabricate water. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> no. We could get by without the sun, I guess, technologically speaking. We could, we could design lights. Anyway, 
Uh, the sun, we have a lot to thank. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out for. to the sun. Thank you. Thanks for shining. <laughs> Shout out to the sun. <laughs> Thanks for setting us up with this chill <laughs> Set, pad this known as planet Earth. Well, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a lot of, that's a nice thing in religions that you uh, reflect on those kind of things. Yeah, it's the first god every religion sort of prayed mm-hmm. to. So anyway, um, and it really is the master of convenience and still there on the beach. But uh, does it? <laughs> the sun, the is, sun is, is not so generous in Canada. Well, yeah, but one thing, uh, you know, every Canadian learns after a winter in the dark is that uh, you can have too much sun when it arrives and, you know, like you'll get a sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> That's not so good either. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting into cheesy, <laughs> cheesy territory, <laughs> uh, cheesy analogy territory. But I, I think, uh, what's our good point today? What do you think? Have we reached a good point? I think is really, this is one of well, the... I, 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 think, I think all this disruption and convenience, then you have to wonder uh, why you're setting the tasks aside for what other thing that you want to do. So maybe if, I, yeah, I really want to mm-hmm. spend more time watching TV. So that's why I'm so happy with all these conveniences. Or, or whatever it is that you want to do with that extra time. Maybe Maybe the thing is that you have to really decide how to use that extra time. Otherwise... Uh, other people will decide what you do with that time. Right. I mean, so in a world of plenty as well, like I have every TV show at my disposal, every movie, every song, I find myself choosing each one a lot more selectively. Like choice matters more. Like my identity is in a way stronger because I don't just turn on the TV anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what will I watch? Yeah. (laughs) What will I conjure into this world? <laughs> what, what will grace what will my I eyeballs? allow into my soul? <laughs> yeah, I do very little of this just like couch potato. No one ever says that anymore, right? No. That doesn't, no, it's even like though we've alluded to it a potato. few times. <laughs> yeah, right. People will just chill on a couch and, and use their phone. Yeah. But when I sit down at the couch to watch the big screen TV. How much of your screen <laughs> ever, time is the big like, screen? It's like we only do an hour a day. Kristen and I choose one show, mm. and then we reserve the last hour before bed, which is like uh, uh, we're not allowed to talk about politics. We're not like we're not allowed to get excited about anything. <laughs> I'm not allowed to work or be excited about you, you new ideas. You don't fall asleep so just, with a with a Trump lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, last night I got in trouble because of all this Trump uh, BuzzFeed stuff, and I mentioned Kristen. Have you heard this? And she's Did like, "You sing a golden Jeremy, shower song. I told you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like you wouldn't believe though. It's like, nope, it's not allowed. So yeah, that's I recommend reading time. at night though, post of watching TV. I do read. Yeah, yeah I, I read a little bit of. We, so what we'll do is the the TV's just to completely scrub or wash the brain down to <laughs> to almost nothing, <laughs> and then we just I build it usually back up with like a little bit of reading before bed. We both do, but um, usually another hour of reading kind of thing. But before I did that, I was having trouble sleeping because, yeah. you know, I had too many thoughts. I want to have the same conversation in two or three years and see what things are more convenient and what we did with the extra time. Well, we could have just looked back. We could have started this podcast by just talking about what, what life was like three years ago, yeah. except that most of what life was like three years ago, I'm still living that life. <laughs> like I'm driving a 10-year-old car or my like... Mm. Uh, my computer's five years old, uh, you know, like I, I, my phone I found, is three years old. I found that I have a lot of more time now because uh, I used to move to a different country almost every year. Um, mm. 
I would move to a country but none and of that has back. anything to do with technology no but it had to do with right? when you move to another country there's a lot of paperwork uh, and yeah. a lot of like resettling and now that I'm I've been here almost five years and uh, almost have the permanent green card after that all that stuff is out of your mind of like readjusting. Well, we always think technology is going to solve all these problems, but most efficiency, and this is true because I manage efficiency for a living, is in structured decision making. Okay. So like most of the time, most of the efficiency that we can gain, I think personally, is in how we choose to live our yeah. lives, how we choose to spend our time. And whether we do so productively toward a goal, like you described earlier, I mean, I'm getting, I feel like I'm coaching you right now, but like, it's it's true. The most efficiency, the most happiness I've ever seen is when I've taught a person how to make structured decisions that that benefit their goal, mm -hmm. right? And like, when they when they realize, oh my God, I got here like way faster than I thought I, think, I could. Yeah. And it wasn't because of faster laptops. I saw an it. interview with Gerd Richter, the painter, and he his studio phone, he had a very big drawing of the word no next to the phone so whenever mm. people would call him hey we have this great project he was reminded 99% of the times you have to say no yeah. that's how you get time Kristen for actually that, my big no is Kristen she's <laughs> like because I'll be like now I just vet every email invitation or something by her and like Kristen because I just have a hard time saying no I, I had to just say yes I had this, for a really I had long this time. new thing where uh, my nose and my jaw started hurting really bad on landing because it was congested and I was like okay mm -hmm. I think I'm flying too much I have to reduce so I have to think like is this worth getting a cold right yeah. right that's your um, that's the, the anxiety uh, yeah that that threshold on your progress yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like it's the opposite direction there where it's actually not like what's pushing you in you know or what's pulling you into a new idea it's like which what's, what's like potentially threatening <laughs> your existence yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Was it, my head like we're all just no. I read all the stuff that if you're congested and you fly, your eardrums can rupture. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. If you're sick, yeah, you shouldn't get on a plane. And then I've done it a few times. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. I've only ever had. Well, a you few gotta die somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I've, it's funny that over this holiday season we have to close. But over this holiday season, it was the first year where almost everyone in my family was like, took me aside, like, you have to stop traveling, right? They're saying, you're going to end up like, I think it was because a lot of celebrities died. So they started yeah. to compare me, which is vastly out of whack. Like, <laughs> I'm nothing like these celebrities. But like, so they started to say like, you're going to end up like so-and-so celebrity yeah. that just died. Yeah. You're like Amy Winehouse. Yeah, yeah you're like Amy <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what are I you was reading about, about that. so far Everybody from gets sick after a flight or a lot of people. And part of it is that the, the air comes in from outside, then goes through business class, and the, so the people way in the back get the worst air. Right, but I've never been sick from a flight. Okay. And I, you know, like we both flo flew like thirty or forty times last year, and I never got. I wasn't sick. But the flights times. were not so long. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I probably took like ten transatlantic flights. Yeah, you know, but no, but you didn't times. have a flight to Australia or something like that. My philosophy is the opposite. Like the more you expose yourself to these oh, illnesses, okay. <laughs> it's it like doesn't kill me. You know, the more dirt. Uh, yeah, what, the more dirt you consume, the healthier you yeah. are. Yeah, enough of this like bacteriophobic yeah. life. Well, that's a nice uh, anyway. ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's right. Let the slobs be slobs. I say, Raphael. Yeah. Let the slobs rain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Um, uh, thanks again. Uh, should I? I made a few sound recordings in Brazil. Should I just glue them at the end of this? Just. Are we still recording? Yeah, but we can let the... Oh, we're st the podcast is still yeah. live. <laughs> we're still yeah. going. 
Just glue them at the end. I said I was also going to uh, record the city here. Maybe we could do. Uh, I could go outside right now and just record okay. what it sounds like. Um, so why are we doing this? Just quickly for our listeners, is like I, I, I just thought it was again, nice to, at the end to glue a little bit of sound. No, I got a lot of compliments about that, but it really makes sense with what we're trying to do here, which is like uh, evoke the real time, evoke yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, and because we don't do well, it's also because we, we travel. So I was in Brazil, so we had a recording from there. You're in Canada now. Yeah. Next week I'll be in the Netherlands. So we'll, I think that's the nice thing. The context matters. Yep. So I'm just. I live on a major boulevard, so you're in, a, in surrounded by towers. So you'll hear and yep. in, in in a cold uh, hellscape known as Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll hear that. And then in contrast with Brazil, yep. I think it'll be interesting. Okay. okay. So we're gonna listen Thanks, to a little everyone. bit of Canada, and uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. Just chill out chill chill on planet earth with this with our good friend sun yeah. <laughs> shout out, out to the homie sun shout out okay, right, bye, bye. Right. thanks everyone